Now, my wife and I have three children. They're all grown up, they've all got families of their own, and they all live in what to us are very remote places. I don't know whether that's saying anything to us, but uh, there we are. Our son lives down under in the Adelaide Hills in South Australia. Our younger daughter lives in Scotland in the wild west of Argyllshire beside Loch Fyne. Our elder daughter lives beside the Irish Sea on the west coast of Wales, somewhere not unknown to Betty Billings. Now all these are beautiful places and we enjoy uh, visiting them when we can. When we go on our trips to Wales, we like to go off exploring Snowdonia, the region which is up be behind where, where our daughter and her family live. And I remember going to a tiny village with a difficult to pronounce name, Lanfichemul y Pennant. I'm sure that's not right, but uh, it's as near as I can get. It's at the foot of uh, the Cade Al uh, Idris Mountain. Idris Mountain. It's famous because it's the home of a little girl called Mary Jones. She came from a poor family, the daughter of a weaver. She was born way back in 1784. Her parents were devout Welsh non-conformists. Calvinistic Methodists was the name of the denomination, which is now more often known as the Presbyterian Church of Wales. She herself professed her Christian faith at eight years of age, and she used to listen avidly to the Bible being read an enormous uh, Bible which was read in church on Sunday morning. And this prompted her to learn to read. And when she had achieved that, it became her burning desire to possess a Bible of her own. Now, there was only one within two miles that was at a farm there, apart from the enormous tome in the church. It was a long way from her little cottage. There was no copy to buy nearer than Bala, which was a town some 26 miles away. Welsh Bibles were scarce and very expensive in those days. So Mary Jones skimped and saved all she could for six years until she had accumulated enough to uh, pay for a copy. And then, in the year 1800, over 200 years ago, at the age of just 16, she started out one morning to walk to Bala, up, over, through the mountains, barefoot. And she went over this rocky um, 
rocky terrain until she arrived at Bala to the home of the Reverend Thomas Charles, who was the only person who seemed to have Bibles available on sale in the whole of that region. Now, according to, there are various sorts of legends now uh, about what happened, but according to one version of the story, Mr. Charles told her that all the copies he'd received were sold, already, or already spoken for. And Mary was so distraught at this that Charles actually took one of the copies made for somebody else and sold it to her. But there's another version of the story, which was that he was just out of stock, a familiar phrase today, uh, out of stock, and she had to wait a few days until he got some. And then she bought not one, but three Bibles in order to, um, to give two to her family. Apparently, she returned home in the same way as she had come, on foot. But this time she sang hymns all the way back, even making up some verses of her own as she skipped happily on her way. She was so delighted to have achieved her ambition to have her own Bible. And she was warmly received back by her family and friends and by the local minister who had encouraged her along the way. Later in her life, Mary married a weaver named Thomas Jones. They're all Jones on, in Wales, aren't they? Yes, or Davies. Uh, and she went to live at, at a village called Bryn Krug, which, was, which is actually the next village to the one where my daughter lives. She died in 1864. She was buried in the graveyard there at Bryn Krug, and there is a gravestone memorial telling her touching story, a story of faith and dedication. But there's an interesting footnote to this story in that the Reverend Thomas Charles, the, the minister in Bala, from whom she'd bought the Bible, was so touched, so moved by what had happened, Mary's commitment and determination to uh, achieve her, her heart's desire that he eventually used her story to persuade colleagues, uh, fellow Christians, to set up what became the British and Foreign Bible Society to ensure that all who wanted them should be able to obtain a Bible at a reasonable cost or even, if necessary, free. Two copies of Mary Jones' Bible are known to exist still. One is um, that supports the theory that she actually bought three at the time. 
one copy is in the British and Foreign Bible Society's um, uh, archives, which are in the Cambridge University Library, and the other is in the National Library of Wales. A pearl of great value. Now, is there anything you want so much that you'd sell everything you've got in order to obtain it. Nowadays, we're fortunate in being able to obtain a copy of the scriptures very easily and inexpensively. Many have a number of versions on their, in their homes, I know I have. We're familiar with some of the key passages because we've heard them over and over again since our youth. But I wonder if we prize them, treasure them, as Mary Jones did. The Bible Society does a magnificent job making sure that the scriptures are available, not just in English and Welsh in these islands, but in hundreds of different languages in over 200 different countries around the world. <coughs> As St. Paul put it in to Timothy, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. It's profitable for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. So let's be sure that we treasure our Bibles like Mary Jones and read them and don't just leave them to gather dust on the shelves. Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Well, now let's have some, some prayers, some prayers of thanksgiving, and some prayers of thanksgiving for the community, the world in which we live, and the church to which we belong. Let's pray.